Hello, beautiful people. I have a very special guest with us today by the name of Johannes Atlas. And at the time of recording, he's in sunny South California while I am freezing my parts off up here in Connecticut. Um, yeah, I know. I'll be politically correct. Welcome to the show, John. Johannes. I still messed it up. How are you doing? <laughs> it's all good. I'm good, Bobby. Thank you for uh, thank you for inviting me on here. It's always a pleasure. Uh, well, I'm glad to have you, and I'm glad to share you, uh, like we talked about before I press record, with both audiences. So we're going to cover a lot of ground and just get to know you a little better today. I think that you're going to offer a lot of value to everyone with your story. So I'm going to follow your lead and I am going to, whatever you say, follow up and just dig deeper or inquire as we go along. So you want to tell us a little about yourself? Yeah. So um, uh, I was like, so to start it off, I was, uh, like you said, my name is Johannes Atlas. I was born with Poland syndrome. So you can see the difference in my hand here. Um, for those who might be listening just on audio, my right hand can literally fit in the palm of my left hand. And then I also don't have any chest muscle on the right side of my body. It comes like, it's like a whole package deal pretty much. <clears throat> so it's characterized by underdeveloped chest and arm muscles on one side of the body. So it's my right side. Uh, so growing up, actually, I wasn't very conscious of my hand until about high school. But also growing up is that I, uh, I played a number of sports. I did baseball, basketball football, I played tennis and Muay Thai. And I'm grateful that um, for that, my, my parents put me, allowed me to play all these sports because it allowed me to show myself that, hey, I can do anything just like anybody else can. It, it gave me a mind to figure things out. And where another thing I'm grateful for is that my parents, they never babied me. They never were like, oh, you know, it's okay. They just, they pushed me out into the world and, and they treated me normal. They didn't treat me any different. They were just like, figure it out. And, and I did. And so, um, like I said, it wasn't until about high school, I, I became very conscious of my hand. Um, and because, you know, in high school, everybody wants to, you know, fit in and be cool. And because I wanted to fit in and be cool, ideally, this thing wasn't cool to me. So um, I hid my hand in my pocket, like on a, like rigorously on a consistent basis. If I wasn't doing something where I needed two hands, my hand was always in my pocket because, you know, I was just afraid of what somebody might say from being teased and being made fun of. You know, I was just... I just hit it all the time. And so it wasn't until after high school that I wanted to, you know, get out of my comfort zone. I got tired of, you know, having to hide this thing. And so um, I got involved with business and this uh, finance firm where it was more like a leadership and self-development course. And so it was between that and uh, speaking at church was where I had initially gotten the desire to want to help people. And so um, getting involved with this finance firm, I ended up getting involved. Like I said, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone wanted to get, uh, I got involved with the Riverside Chamber of Commerce. And so I was literally nervous to get involved with this, with the uh, commerce, because, uh, you know, business 101, you look somebody in the eye and you give them a firm handshake. And I did not want to be reminded of all the reactions and the faces that I would get from shaking people's hand, especially during sports. And so, but, you know, like I said, business 101, you give them a firm handshake. And some of those guys, they give a firm handshake. And I'm like, it's a firm handshake. And then I'm like, relax, dude. You see, it's little, chill. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, all in all, though, I'm, I'm grateful for it because uh, it pushed, like I said, it pushed me out of my comfort zone and like forced me to grow. And so, um, you know, along the course of that, you know, I, I you know, kind of lost my way a little bit and, you know, get involved in 
some things that I, you know, shouldn't have. I started, you know, smoking and drinking and, and um, like going to the strip club a lot. And I mean, it literally got to the point where these things became a problem. And so um, I was, you know, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, like, help me, help me with this because I'm struggling and I want to stop. Like I'm wanting to stop these things, but these things are like causing a hindrance in my life. And, um, and then also wanting to grow out of my own comfort zone. Um, I had ended up getting involved, uh, or I'm sorry, I, I, I was like, I wanted to stop, you know, feeling like I felt like uncomfortable. I felt insecure. And I'm like, Lord, open my eyes up to me beyond the limitations of my understanding. Like, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? Because I feel like some type of um, like something like holding me back, but I don't quite know what it is. And so it was probably about a week and a half to two weeks later after I prayed that, that God had opened my eyes up to what was in me back in the, back in high school, those moments when I did get teased and made fun of, I had made them mean that I'm not enough. And so that feeling had carried with me all these years. It was this little subconscious feeling where it was, it was beyond my awareness. I didn't see that I was feeling this way, but when I kind of boil it down to it, cause it was, it was like when I would hang around certain people or I'd be doing certain things, I would, I would like shrink myself or I would behave in such a way to get people to like me because I wanted them to, I wanted to be accepted. And so, um, you know, open my guys, like I said, got to open my eyes up to that. And so since then, it's just been a, a continuous work of overcoming, of, uh, of getting over that feeling where at one point I thought it's like kind of like degrees of awareness, levels to awareness of overcoming the thing. And uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey since. Wow. Congratulations. You said a lot of cool things in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a little bit of a mouthful there. So something I can relate to with my entrepreneur hat on and as a gambler and just as a human being, you said that feeling of and that story dialogue of I'm not enough. And you got presented with the awareness and through the stages of my recovery, I've noticed that I figured that out too, right? Like, so I get the awareness. So how did you, just knowing it doesn't fix it, right? Like that self-doubt still lives there. It wants to sneak up at those times that, you know, we're ready to take a big step forward. So can you share with us, like, how, how were you able to turn the awareness into action? How were you able to move forward and, and show up for yourself and for the world? You know, the, I have, there's like, I have like steps to overcoming this, but the, the, the biggest thing in this is the desire to, I think it's, it's desire is kind of underrated, but it's, it's a, it's the biggest part of this is you have, we have to have the desire, like my desire to overcome this feeling of not being enough has to be greater than my desire to feel like I'm not enough. It's gotta be more like I, it's almost like was to the point where I was like frustrated like I had to get the, to the point of being frustrated with feeling this way, even like with, um, with smoking. And, and like when I, I stopped smoking weed and then I picked up drinking because it was just something to fill the void, but it, it had to get to the point where I was frustrated with myself to, I need to stop doing this. And so in the similar way, um, I, I, like I said, I just, I just got frustrated with feeling this way. And so in me becoming aware, so, it's, and then it's, it's, in uh, desire and then awareness, desire to overcome, and then also having the desire to be aware. And so in working on our awareness, it's paying attention to those feelings. What, like when I'm talking to certain people, I notice that I feel this particular way and I behave in such a way to get them to like. 
And so as that's happening, I have to pay attention to that. Be like, be consciously aware of the feeling as I'm doing certain things, especially if, if I know, you know, hey, this typically happens when I do this, pay attention to that. And so then as I'm paying attention, I had to catch myself and be like, hey, no, don't do that. Toronto's don't act like that. Be yourself, relax. And so then once I was finally able to catch the feeling of being myself amongst people, I had to remember, it's like just remembering the feelings, remembering, paying attention to our feelings. It's, it's, a, it's a very big thing, paying attention to our feelings, attention to our thoughts and paying attention to our actions. Because if we don't, a lot of these things will go beyond our awareness. Wow. So being present and aware, that's so huge and such a learned, you have to practice to get better, right? Like it's a muscle. It's, right? Yes. It's, it's practice. Exactly that. It's not just, uh, you know, cause it's, it's funny. Cause when I, when I became aware of it, I thought I was just, Oh, great. Everything's good. I'm fixed now. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Um, and so, yeah, it's exactly that. It just takes practice and, and con- continuously consciously being aware and just keep practicing it eventually get better. All right. I'm going to dig a little deep and, and hopefully my answer, your answer is what I think and hope your answer will be. But so you've, you've caught on that you act a different way in front of different people. And then you have this process, you're aware of it. So then you change and you show up as who you genuinely are. Has there ever been consequences to you showing up as the real Johannes? Like, has that ever bit you in the butt? Yes. Um, sometimes people don't expect. In me behaving such a way to get people to like me, I just became this people pleaser. And so when I stopped trying to please people, um, it... Yeah, some, I guess the, the reactions that people were well, were expecting didn't happen or they were expecting, you know, the old Johannes, not really not realizing that I'm a new Johannes. And so, um, yeah. And, you know, I think the biggest thing was that I had to realize is that I'm not for everybody and exactly the same for everybody else. You know, as we're we are not for everybody. We're not meant for everybody. Who we are is not going to be for everybody. And I had to sit with that and be comfortable with that. And. You know, it was an uncomfortable feeling for being a people, uh, people pleaser my whole life, but uh, it's worth it. Okay. So thank you for that distinction. So it sounds like it bubbles up only with people who knew you before this transformation and awareness. Um, and I was asking from the perspective of strangers, uh, but you brought up a, a better point about as we change and grow and we take care of ourselves, because we're no good to anybody, right? Unless we're taking care of ourselves. Um, that other people can react not in alignment with our actions or, or behavior. So that was, a, that was a very great point. And I appreciate that a lot. Um, one of part of my journey when I first got into recovery was I had zero faith, faith in anything, whether it was God, higher power, any of that stuff. Um, and that's an evolving thing for me. Um, in 2019, I made a conscious effort because it was in the 12 step work that I had to go figure out this God stuff and spirituality and meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you opened up, you shared with us that a lot of it had to do with church and God. Um, so if there was someone out there listening on, on either platform that hasn't found some version of faith, can you, can you maybe give them some, 
I don't, I don't know if insight or direction or maybe share value. Like, did you, did you grow up in faith? What did you go on a journey to discover it? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I was, I I was, um, thankfully I was actually raised in church. Um, but even as I was growing up in church, excuse me, uh, even as I was growing up in church, uh, just seeing, you know, hearing them talk about the Bible and then, you know, seeing what was happening for myself, there was just something that didn't make sense. It just seemed like there was more to the picture here. And so um, one thing that I'm grateful for is that uh, because I was born this way, it's caused me to look more inward instead of being so focused on the physical. And I, you know, began to question a lot of things. And so I was always a, I was always in my head. I I just think a lot. And so, like I said, just questioning a lot of things and um, and just things that get, that God has opened my mind up to. But if you just look at the world as as take man out of the picture, I'll say. But if you look at this world, I mean, even even if you can uh, include man, the world is there's a perfection to the world. And when you look at uh, the the design of everything, even in our in our bodies, looking at the perfect design of it all, um, everything comes from something. This all comes from somewhere. So I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a science nerd too. So I'm going to throw a little bit of that in here. <laughs> so there's what's called the law of biogenesis. It says that life can only come from other living things. This, is, this world is full of life. And so this world had to come from something else that's living. And where God is, he is a living God. And so when you look at the, 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 the design of it all, and another, and another thing is that um, we can never make something, something can never create something that's greater than itself. So as man, we can never create something that's greater than ourselves. And so to, for, as, and when you look at the greatness of this world and us as people, something greater had to create us. And so all that, it, com- it all comes from God. But all that to say is that, you know, we all come from somewhere, but in that, you know, God loves all of you, whether we believe, whether we believe in him or not, whether we're aware of him or not, he loves all of us and he wants to help all of us. And in him comes so many benefits as we grow into our relationship with him. If we're willing to know that there is a, that there is a living God, that he is active and that he's alive and that he's with you in this very moment, in your room with you, wherever you may be, whoever's watching, he's with you right now. And he's always, he's all, he's standing there with open arms to help you, to accept you, to love you, to uh, help you lift your burdens, to soften your heart, to, you know, to help you overcome some of the pains of that you may have gone through. He's with you in, in all that you do, but uh, it's just that he loves you. And I, I hope everybody hears that, but to really hear that is that he loves you and that he wants you, but that's, it's, he's standing there with open arms and it's up to you to uh, accept that love. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So what, what is your vision? Like you're a speaker, you're, you know, sharing your journey. Um, it, it sounds like you have a specific goal in mind. Do you mind sharing that with us? Or, or maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, so my, so when, um, being in church, I remember, I remember like the specific day, but, um, being in church and seeing, you know, so toward the end of service, you know, we do, uh, we do an altar call and, Excuse me. Uh, toward the end of service, I remember this day where seeing all these people, you know, come to the altar and and crying, uh, you know, just dealing with life. But all these like macho men up at the altar dealing with life and crying. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, 
as a kid, you know, it didn't make sense at the time. You know, now, it, you know, I, I understand a bit more. But as a kid, I'm just looking and I'm like, what, like, Lord, what is going on? Like, just what is happening? Just seeing all these people dealing with life, it just touched my, it just touched me in a way. And I'm just, it just, something just wasn't making sense here. Like I said, it just felt like there was more to the picture. And so um, I, you know, in getting involved, like I said, between speaking at church and, and working with this uh, finance firm, where it was more like a leadership and self-development course, um, it kind of led me to want to help people in a sense of where now uh, helping people to, you know, deal with some of their traumas and helping people overcome some of the things of their past, you know, emotional baggage and traumas and anxieties and depressions and things of that sort to pretty much give us this, help us with this equili- equilibrium of our life, you know, get us to a, a place of peace in our mind and in our life and to help us see, to help people see, you know, where things originate. And so in that it's, you know, things originate in the spirit and that's, you know, in a, a deeper side within us. <clears throat> and so if we're looking to change the, the circumstance of our life, we have to change what's going on within us. And so some of these things that are within our heart, some of the issues of life that are within our heart, we have to be willing to look within to see what happened, to see what we suppressed, to deal with those emotions, to deal what's there so that way we can change the circumstance of our life. You just did this thing with your hand in this pocket. And on on 321, I talk about a bucket. And this was a lot of how I formulated 2020 back when I was podcasting every single day was that I talk about this bucket and all that baggage and trauma and all that stuff was at the bottom of the bucket. And you got to like scrape Mm. those last three inches. Right. And I always picture it like, right. Where you just held and you have to get through that. So you can fill your bucket with the positivity. Um, and, and you need those last three inches for those days that it takes just a little more to be grateful, to see the light, to do the things, um, so that's what you just reminded me. And, and you say grateful all the time, which also makes me smile because I just, um, I have a, I'm grateful shirt and on the back it says mm-hmm. one day at a time, I bought it at a recovery thing and I get a lot of compliments mm-hmm. and it opens a lot of dialogue. So I just created a online store to sell I'm grateful shirts so people can have them. So nice. every time I say that I'm like, yeah, people are grateful. <laughs> um, so you're making me happy that way. Um, so, and again, my, we've never met before. So if I sound a little woo-woo to you, it's okay. I just want to see if there's, um, commonalities because. No, we, no, you're good. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be good where I'm going. So that's why I'm laying the foundation. <laughs> so recently a lot of Bring it <laughs> my studying, um, my journey has got me digging deep into, like you said, all this past stuff. Um, that we don't even know on the surface that it exists, right? So on on a self-discovery journey, it's pretty easy for it to show up depending on how much research you do and, and, you know, what podcasts you listen to, what books you read, all of, all of those things. Um, do you know any, I don't know, strategies, um, ways to get people to be aware of this, like you had God to be able to tell you and kind of point it out. Um, what did, maybe, what did that look like? Or I also am starting to believe that everybody has 
history and that it all defines who we are today if we're not taking control of it. So I guess maybe speak to all of that, however you see fit. Yeah. So we are a product of our environment. Who we are today has, has become a product of our environment. And so as we are growing within our um our you know, self-development, our awareness journey, um, you know, healing and overcoming, whatever that may look like for the individual, as we are growing in that, <clears throat> one thing is that we have to, or you know, if we're wanting to begin in that, one thing is that we have to be willing to, we have to be willing to see. We have to be willing to see and to, you know, know that we have to like know that there are things there. It's like be willing to see ourselves. Cause I think the scariest thing for people is to look in the mirror to see, you know, hey, I've got all these issues, I've got all this baggage and trauma and all these things going on in my life. We don't want to see it. And as people, as though we physically look in the mirror, you know, we're, we're, we're not really looking, we're, you know, paying attention to everything else, but we're not really looking into the eyes of our soul. Like your eyes are the windows to your soul. And so if we like really take the time to look into our eyes, we'll see, you know, there, there are these things going on with me, but we avoid that a lot. So it's, it starts with the willingness to see, uh, being open, knowing that something is there. And um, in, in being willing to see, uh, and this is, a, this is the thing for me, when I prayed that, I'm like, Lord, open my eyes up to me beyond the limitations of my understanding. I was genuinely ready for that. I was genuinely open for the answer. Knowing that something is there, I was genuinely open. So the, the steps to that, uh, to, you know, seeing what is there and to overcoming what is there, you know, for, for me um, was one desire, as I talked about that uh, a minute ago, the, the willingness to, or uh, wanting to, to see, wanting to grow, wanting to become aware. And I have this, this, uh, this quote, it's the level, of, uh, the level of our desire will determine the rate at which we acquire. So how bad we want it. <laughs> how bad we want it will determine how soon that we get it. So desire and then awareness, the, be will the willingness to grow in our awareness and the willingness to be aware. And so in our awareness, it's just paying, paying attention, taking notice, noticing what's there. Um, as I'm doing certain things, how am I feeling? As I'm at a certain place, if I'm talking to certain people, noticing how I'm feeling. So for me, uh, before, you know, before I, I began all this, I felt like as if there was some type of way that um, I felt a type of way when I was by myself. There was another way I would feel when I'm with my close friends or family. And then there would be another way I would feel, or I felt like there was like three different people, sorry. There was, I'd be one type of person by myself and there's like another one when I'm with my close friends and family and there was another version of me when I'm with strangers. And so that was a problem in itself because I need to be unified, not split up, not three different people, but one person. And so in that, um, I was, as I was doing these things, I had to take notice in how I was feeling and take notice in what my thoughts were like and, and what was going on. And so as we pay attention and as we take notice, of these things. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just what it is. Just taking notice. And then after um, awareness, it's the willingness to um, the willingness to let go. And there's a submission that comes into place. The willingness to let go. And this is probably the hardest part here for a lot of people. It's the the to be wi being willing to submit 
it's the <laughs> and this is almost like a cuss word <laughs> but yes it is it's the willingness to let go and this is like i said the hardest part but it's the it is the most important part of this song is submitting and so thankfully for me you know i you know i was able to you know in letting this go to god i'm like lord take take this from me take this this issue take this feeling take this burden from me cuz it's you know it's weighing me down and knowing that you know if i give it to him he's not going to you know give me something back in you know a worse form he's going to give me the, he's going to give me my heart back in a pure form he's going to help me he's there to help me and assist me and guide me he's not there to do me any wrong he's not there to lead me down the wrong path or do me dirty everything that he does is for a reason and we i had to we all have to be willing to see that it's all for a reason we may not see the reason just yet but there is a <laughs> there is a reason behind it I love you. I love that. Uh, we believe in the same things and we got there in very different ways. So I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that because I'm coming to believe that everybody's in this position. Everybody's in this position of working towards their best selves, or maybe not even knowing they're not their best selves. Like I remember recently thinking, I was actually, I was sitting on the couch and I think I was eating like popcorn and I was watching TV, which is a really rare thing for me. I'm very hardly ever in front of a television. Um, and it was like, oh, life's easy like this. Instead of being an entrepreneur, instead of being an addict, instead of showing up in front of the world, you know, just like you're doing, um, talking about our problems, being vulnerable. And I'm like, this is what it used to be like. Like I used to have a job and a husband and a, these things. And I didn't notice that anything was broken back then. Of course I was drinking, I was gambling, you know, like I was doing those things, but I, I never held up that mirror you talked about. I didn't know that anything is broken. So I love that you're speaking to people in all different places. The people who don't know, like me on the couch, 15 years ago, or the people who are on the journey and they just don't know what they're looking for yet, or those who are maybe a little bit more evolved that either need the refresh of, of faith and, and purpose. And that's that, that letting go piece. Oh my goodness. Um, you're right. It's like a swear word is <laughs> difficult. You know, we use the word surrender a lot in um, recovery and it's, it's hard. It's hard, especially if you're a control freak, like, like I want to be, <laughs> it's really hard. So, um, is there anything else that you want to cover that I might not have asked you about? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, actually, uh, I, I, I forgot. I left something out on that, on what I was explaining here and, um, becoming in, in growing in our awareness, uh, as we're taking notice of our feelings, a major question here is as we're noticing, you know, for, um, for me, like, for example, when I would, you know, be talking to strangers and I would notice, Hey, I'm feeling a different way other than how I feel than when I'm by myself. The big question to ask is as we take notice of these feelings is why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling this way? And at that point, it's the willingness to be open. It's the will to whatever it might be. And so how open we are will determine how quickly we get the answer, how ready. And that's the thing we have to be ready for it. And as it comes, you know, we only see the answer. So for me, when I saw that, hey, it's because I'm, <clears throat> I feel like I'm not enough. 
It's then the willingness to sub, uh, surrender, submit that. And so the thing with, because you had, you had mentioned meditation earlier. And so one of the things I think that we, um, how society or culture talks about meditation is, is, uh, is that we have to, we're supposed to empty ourselves. The, the issue in that is that there are no voids in, in, this, in the material world and in the spiritual world, because when you look at man, the, the species of man, everybody, every person, every human beings, we are a spirit with a soul that lives in this physical body. So how you see me as Johannes is not, this is just the body that I live in. And so who we are is we are a spirit with a soul. So all of my character, characteristics and personalities and traits, all that is contained within my soul. So, <clears throat> but life, life comes from the spirit. And so with there being no, I'm going to give you a little example here, with there being no voids in this material world. So when I say that, I mean, when you look at this water bottle, there's, there's some water in it. You know, there's, there's a quarter, a little bit over a quarter water in here. The rest of this, it's not empty. There's air in here. It's literally impossible to have nothing in this material world. There's always going to be something to take its place. There's always going to be something to fill the void. So though I don't see anything, all, I don't see water up here, there's still something there. And so, like, and so in that sense, there are, there are no voids in this material world. And it's the same thing in the spirit world. Uh, there are no voids in the spirit. And so we are either going to be filled with the Holy Spirit or we're going to be filled with an evil spirit. It's a one or the other. It's an either or thing. And so there's, it's a black or white. There's no gray area in the spirit. And so with that, if we are emptying ourselves, how the world talks about, uh, how, or how society says, you know, in meditation, we're supposed to empty ourselves. If you are emptying yourself, then you, we are making room for something to fill us. And so depending upon what kind of person we are, depending upon, you know, what kind of how we think and how we feel about life, if we feel, you know, negative and we have negative thoughts a lot, a lot of the time, um, if we're, you know, if we, if, and this is another thing, we have to pay attention to how we feel about life. You know, if we feel, you know, just all these we have all of these negative emotions toward the world and about life. And we are sitting here emptying ourselves. We are making room for more negativity to come in. And so we're, so I say that to say that meditation is not about emptying ourselves, but it's about filling ourselves with the right things, filling ourselves with the word of God, filling ourselves with positivity, filling ourselves with the things that are going to benefit us and the things that's going to help us to where it is that we're trying to get to. So I just want to make that little distinction here, but um, so desire, awareness, uh, and another thing I, 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 I'm sorry, I forgot to uh, um, include is intentions. Intentions is very important. Intention is very important. What is it that we are intending to do? Am I intending to uh, be whole? Am I intending to heal? Or am I intending just to, um, you know, just to, uh, uh, just to only go so far. Am I, are my intentions, I'm just doing this just because, you know, my, my wife wants me to do this, just because my cousin wants me to do this, just because my best friend said it was a good idea. What are, paying attention to our intentions, because that also determines, you know, how far we'll get with something is our intentions. And so as we are growing and as we are healing and, and overcoming these addictions, are we intending to stop? for the rest of our lives? Or is it just a little period of time so that I can recover and then go back into it? What is the intention? And then after all that, just believing. 
whatever it is that we're looking for, believing. And so in all this, it, it all these takes conscious decisions. It's like it's stopping the routine because we as as people, we are a we are creatures of habits. And so it's stopping the routine of everything because a lot of the things that we do are unconscious. Just like as we're driving, we're just unconsciously driving. It doesn't take any real effort at this point to drive for those who you know drive on a regular basis. And so it's stopping all of this and, and realizing, hey, you know, I'm a creature of habit and I'm just living my life on autopilot. It's I'm, let me stop and make a conscious decision that, hey, I don't want to be like this anymore. I'm aware that I'm living like this and I don't want to do this anymore. This is how I want to live. This is the way that I want to go. And it takes conscious decisions. And it's a, it's a conscious effort waking up and looking to see what is going on in my life and all that's happening. And so as we become aware of all of this and as we're making these decisions, it's, it's little decisions at a time. And over time, over a period of time, we'll notice that our life is starting to change. We'll notice things are starting to go a different way. And the biggest thing I would say is to be patient with yourself, everybody. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. And be patient with yourself. And be a little bit more patient with yourself. <laughs> and just a little bit more. Be patient with yourself. <laughs> and take it easy. Stop being so hard on yourselves. Take it easy. Relax. You're going to mess up. It's going to happen. But get back on the horse and try it again. And be patient just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So if people want to connect with you, Johannes, how do they find you? Yeah, so on um, social media would be the best way right now. I'm still working on my website, actually. So on Instagram, it's J-O underscore speaks, Joe Speaks. And then on Facebook, it's speaking to the UNU. That's my new uh, my organization. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we'll get those in the show notes. I may ask you to email those to me just so you know, so I don't mess them up. Oh, of course. Um, so again, I don't want to forget anything. I love that you circled back when there was a important point to make. Um, so is there, is there anything else? Um, I, I love listening to you speak. You're, you're giving us a really good download here. So is there anything else that you might want to mention? Um, yeah, um, I would definitely say, um, you know, God has he's, he's opened my eyes up a lot and done a, a great work in me. I'm just, I'm a product of grace. Um, as far as to the, uh, you, you're, I say you're the, the gambling community are, you know, I, I've also had a, in, in my family, it's, it's, it's like the spirit of addiction. Like a lot of my family members deal with addiction where, um, on one side of my family, like all of my um, aunts and uncles have, you know, they've gone to jail and they've all been alcoholics at one point. And so <clears throat> I had to realize that as, as I, you know, was getting older in my, you know, young twenties, I had, uh, you know, I picked up smoking. And then when I, I was like on a regular basis. And then when I stopped smoking, I started drinking to pretty much fill the void. And then somewhere in between there, I was going to the strip club and it, it literally, it was a problem. It was literally a problem, a problem. And so for, you know, I'm for, for those of us who know, it's like, even though, you know, when you want it, you'll, you'll figure out a way to do it and to get there. It got to, you know, it was, I was at the point what helped me stop was to, I like, it was really at the point where going back to what I was saying earlier, the desire to stop had to become greater than 
what I was doing, the desire to want to keep going. And so this is the other thing is that because in doing these things, we are, it's a, it's a pleasing of the flesh. We're pleasing our body. It's, it's something that our body wants. It's a, you know, we did it one time and we, our body liked the feeling and that feeling imprints on our soul. And so we are then trying to continuously satisfy this feeling. But the thing is that with this feeling, it's a feeling, it's, it's an insatiable feeling. It's an appetite that we're trying to quench that is, or it's a thirst that we're trying to quench that will never go away. This is an unquenchable thirst because, you know, though we, you know, we'll go and gamble or we'll go and, I'll go and smoke or drink or, you know, I'll go to the strip club and, you know, I satisfy, I got my fix for a short period of time. It won't be much time before I'm wanting to go back again. The feeling is always going to be there. It's always going to be there. It is a, like I said, it's a, it's an appetite or it's a thirst that we will never be able to quench. And so how we starve the, how we starve the appetite or how we quench this thirst is you just, we just have to starve it. We have to starve the desire, starve the appetite. So whatever that may look like for the individual, you, we stop, we have to stop going. We have to stop doing the thing because the more that we do it, we're going to keep wanting to do it. Um, and in that is, is making the desire to stop greater, having a greater de desire to stop doing this thing because we'll never be able to satisfy that feeling. We're never going to be able to satisfy that itch. We're never going to be able to scratch that itch fully and to be fully satisfied. It's always going to be there. So <sighs> be patient with yourself, but you, stop, please yeah, stop because it's, it's going to take, it will take us down a hole. It's going to take you down a hole that we wish that we had never gone down. Yeah, you're so true about that. So right. Well, thank you so much, sir. That was um, very passionate, which I like. <laughs> so, well, I want to thank you. Personal experience, so. <laughs> well, I, I want to th thank you for your time today. This has been um, very, very informative. And I love, I love it from a different perspective, right? Instead of we're aligned, but we say it so different. So I, I like that. So I appreciate you being on today. Hey, thank you for the invite.